All right, Nick Smart, a happy Festivus to you. It is December 23rd, week 16 of the National Football League. And we look towards what seems to be uh, a, an interesting schedule in some ways. Uh, I would argue in a lot of ways, not interesting. There's too many teams with nothing to play for uh, versus teams that have something to play for, in my mind at least. With that said, we saw an upset on Monday night. The Cincinnati Bengals uh, beat the living tar out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I have a few questions. I've mostly worked through my feelings on this before we recorded. Uh, it's a good thing we didn't record yesterday because I'm not sure I would have by then. Uh, what is your feeling on all of that? Uh, how surprised were you at Cincinnati beating Pittsburgh? I was shocked. I was surprised. I mean, it makes uh, a casual observer wonder why it took them this long to play Ryan Finley, uh, even if it was a scaled-back conservative game plan. He still looked better than Brandon Allen looked. Um, but at the end of the day, that shouldn't have mattered. Whether No matter who was under, the center, who was under center in that game, it should have been uh, Pittsburgh coming out on top. I think it's a major setback and and you have to wonder if they're really going to be able to beat anyone of note come playoff time. Let me ask you a question that's been rolling around Steelers circles over the last few days. I'm going to set the over under at 0.5%. Uh, so over under 0.5%, the amount of influence Juju dancing on the logo had on that win. I mean, you know, he did have to come out today and say that uh, he will be putting a kibosh to those antics, um, but I, I don't think I don't think that had anything to do with it. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like, I mean, it, it gives locker room bulletin board material to the other teams for sure, uh, and I'm sure the Bengals came out and, and took it very personal. Uh, but I mean, at the end of the day. Pittsburgh didn't show up. Yeah, I I agree with that. The part that's interesting to me, though, is that like we say, uh, you and I as as observers will sit here and and you know I'm I, I get pretty heavy into the analytics sometimes, and the analytics people tell you none of that fucking matters, right? None of this matters. It didn't matter when they were winning earlier. It didn't give teams a, a oomph to get there. So most people like us are going to say this, like, it doesn't matter who cares. And you see it all over the message boards or Reddit or whatever people are saying, doesn't matter who cares. But then you get players coming out from the team and you get recordings saying them trying to pump each other up with it. And you get former players saying you're damn right. I'd care about that. And so it's, it's really interesting. Um, I, I don't think it was the main factor. I, it certainly wasn't. I think, the fact that Ben's got no zip on the ball right now is the main factor. Um, but there, there's, I, it's so interesting that the people who like watch football and only watch football are like, it doesn't matter. And the people that play football seem to be like, no, no, this matters. Um, and I've, I, I count myself in the group that says it doesn't matter. So what's that worth really? Christmas Day, Minnesota at New Orleans. Uh, Minnesota got their ass handed to them by Chicago. New Orleans, um, hey, if they actually hold on to that fumble and it's a touchdown, who knows which way that game ends up going. Um, conf- 
confusing situation, though. It's not like Drew Brees looked great in that game. I, I don't know how you feel about that. Um, and I maintain that that offense looks pretty bad against teams uh, when they don't have Michael Thomas in the lineup and they won't until the postseason. Ultimately, I'm taking New Orleans. I think they win. There are going to be a lot of games here where I could shorten my analysis to New Orleans has something to play for and Minnesota doesn't. Um, this is going to be the first one of those. Give me New Orleans. What do you got? Yeah, I'm taking the Saints. I'm not sure if they cover that minus seven, though. Um, because I, I like the way the Vikings play football. But I am taking the Saints. Uh, I, I think Drees, I think Breeze was probably rushed back a week to two weeks early. He's still going to be in a considerable amount of pain, no matter how many people claim he's good to be out there. Yeah, I mean, the offense, I hate to say it, seemed to take somewhat of a step back. Um, but they've got enough pieces there that I, I like the Saints to win. I, I think one of the biggest Pro Bowl snubs was defensive end Trey Hendrickson of the Saints, uh, currently leading the league in sacks, and wasn't somehow voted to the NFC Pro Bowl roster. Uh, we can get more into those snubs later, but that was one of the more glaring ones, I thought. But yeah, give me the Saints here, and uh, I, I think I like that Vikings plus seven though. So middle it. Uh, Tampa Bay visiting Detroit, same situation for me. Tampa Bay has something to play for. Detroit doesn't. I kind of like the over here. It seems a little high, uh, but what I was listening to on the RJ podcast earlier today seemed to suggest that their numbers say that as bad as the worst defense has been through the whole year. The defense since Matt Patricia has left, so the last three games, has been uh, that bad again. So if you take an, at the distance between an average defense and the worst defense, and then you know metric out what Detroit's looked like over the last three games, it is the same distance from an average to the worst, from the worst to Detroit. So um, I don't know that that kind of poor play is necessarily sustainable, but I, I definitely like the over in this spot, and I expect Tampa Bay to try to keep some rhythm in that offense. Uh, so give me the over. Give me Tampa Bay. What do you got? Yeah, Detroit's not winning this game. Give me uh, the 9.5 for Tampa. Sounding like Detroit might even be without their interim head coach after uh, a COVID outbreak sounds like the whole coaches at this point yeah sounds like the whole defensive coaching staff as well and uh we all know what happened to the special teams coach uh, a couple weeks ago when he tried that rogue punt that nobody else on the coaching staff was aware of when (laughs) he tried it um so he's out the door uh so a lot of new fresh not even hired on permanently faces uh for that line's coaching staff honestly other than deandre swift I, I don't have many good words for the lines right now and where they're headed. It's a shame Kenny Galladay can't get back and stay in the lineup. I think Matt Stafford uh, needs to be commended for uh, the grittiness and toughness he's displaying, playing through multiple serious injuries, really. I mean, injuries that would keep a lesser man out. Um, the guy's really uh, going out like a warrior in what is obviously a lost season. Yeah, give me Tampa here. They're going to be out with Ronald Jones, but I think they'll be all right. Uh, San Francisco at Arizona. San Francisco is more or less out. They might actually be officially out. 
Yeah. Arizona fighting for that playoff spot. Give me Arizona. The only thing that makes me wince a little is that it's basically San Francisco's home stadium as well at this point. Uh, I'm not sure how well they've adjusted to that. Um, so I don't love the five, the the minus five, but I love Arizona in this spot. Who you got? Yeah, I love Arizona, and I love them to cover the minus five. Uh, Nick Mullins needs Tommy John and is out. It's going to be the CG Be- CJ Beathard show, and it sounds like they're going to sign former Cardinals first-rounder Josh Rosen off the Buccaneers practice squad to bring him in as their number two guy for this game. I, I think it would be kind of cool if we saw him get some action in this game. Um, but yeah, Former Cardinals- first-round pick. Two yeah, years yeah. ago. Like, yeah, it, I mean, you know, wasn't that long ago, right? And he's already on his uh, his third team, soon yeah. to be his fourth here, if the 49ers do make that activation uh, official. But yeah, I like the Cardinals here. I like them to cover. And I, I just want to go back and want off, offer one final note on that Saints game. Uh, it, Michael Thomas won't be playing, but they've quietly found – this guy named Lil Jordan Humphrey mm. and it's ironic. His name's Lil Jordan. He's six foot four, two twenty five. He looked like Marquis Colston out there last week. So maybe that's a guy that they can uh, funnel the ball to going forward. We'll see. Stay tuned on that one. But yeah, Cardinals win here in the cover. What uh, are the two or three most competitive games of the week is going to be Miami at Las Vegas, both teams fighting for that last playoff spot. Uh, I got to take Miami here. I'm hearing rumors that David Carr or Derek Carr might try to uh, make it out there. Okay. I don't think people recover from groins particularly well. Um, Especially after the way he pulled up in that game. Yeah. That's never been a thing you rush. So it strikes me as either he's going to play in a compromised fashion or, uh, you know, the, the, we're going to get Mariota. Uh, either situation I think favors Miami. So I'm taking them. I also love their defense. What do you got here? I'm taking the Dolphins. I think they cover the three. I think it would be the responsible thing for Gruden to send out Mariota. Uh, It's clear. I mean, there's just no way the human groin heals that fast. Uh, There's tweaking your groin and then there's completely pulling it and pulling up like Derek Carr did and then promptly being ruled out for the rest of the game he's hurt he's hurt bad everybody knows it shouldn't be playing in this game if he does they're delusionally still thinking that they've got a shot when they would need miracles upon miracles uh, of extra help just to get in so yeah i i hope he's not out there but wouldn't surprise me if he was dolphins winning coverage uh, usually better prepared for this than I am now, but Raiders, uh, some of those stats you're seeing about John Gruden coaching after week 10 are have got to be frightening for you. Just absolutely terrifying. Something like a you know 30% winning percentage, if that. So, I wonder if that's in any way related to possible burnout. I mean, the guy's famous for sleeping in his office. I mean, there's only so much the human body can take, especially when it comes to lack of sleep. And also, too, I mean, he was doing that 20 years ago. He's not a young man anymore, exactly. So you do have to wonder how much of that is just the grind of the season and burnout. Yeah, I I think those are fair questions. I mean, part of what I would wonder is, does he come up with adjustments in the off season better than he does in the season? 
right? That he spends the whole off season. Okay, we're going to try this. We're going to do a little more of this and a little less of that, and we'll try this out. And um, and then you get into the season, and people kind of figure that out a bit. And he doesn't have like maybe he has to sit on it a little longer to find the answers, and and that's just not going to play out for him. Both valid theories, I think. Um, I like yours a little better, to be honest regardless i think it's just the thing to be aware of especially if you're betting the raiders at this point in time there is a clear trend for john gruden after you know in the last third of the season here uh india pit listen i'm just gonna say it's a bounce back game for pittsburgh i think they're gonna get things sorted out i know it's been three straight losses i know there hasn't been a lot to feel positive about um in those losses and I have very serious concerns about the arm strength of Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I will set all of that aside and say the Pittsburgh Steelers win here. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, conventional wisdom does tell me that Steelers are due for a bounce back here. Seeing the number of plus two, I mean, when are you ever going to get that again, right? Yeah. I, I feel like you should maybe jump on that. The Colts, you know, aren't to be trifled with. Um I still can't believe that Jonathan Taylor is not getting a bell cow workload. I mean, if you look at all his numbers, if you adjusted it for workloads that 10 to 12 guys are getting elsewhere, I mean, he, he for all we know, he'd be running away with the rushing title. Uh, I mean, Ben's accuracy, Ben's arm strength. I think there's some concerns there. I was concerned with that last drive uh, against the Bengals when it was four straight passes and four incompletes. I mean, at some point, you have to give your your team a chance, right? Um, He's been very glasses rose-colored about him coming back next year, but, I mean, if this is going to be the status quo from here on out, I hate to wonder about it aloud, but... I think it's responsible that we do so. We're he's he's slowly inching into Eli Manning territory here, where any throws outside the numbers or deep down the field are just absolute floaters. Um, so we'll see. It's still uh, still having a hard time wrapping my mind around the fact that the guy who's leading the league in drops continues to get peppered with double-digit targets. Meanwhile. A guy like Chase Claypool, who had what, like eight touchdowns through the first what ten weeks? The first Hasn't series had one since I think the first series of that game, Claypool wasn't even on the fucking field. Yeah, and I, they're running three wide receiver sets. They're running yeah. uh, Juju Johnson. Was it Washington? Yeah, yeah. Like, I I just don't understand what's going on there. He's obviously like arguably your best playmaker on offense. Uh, I don't know why they're not manufacturing touches for him getting the football in high leverage situations i i don't get it I'll, I'll tell you this i don't i don't find that a particularly interesting argument like i don't think you can say juju's better than chase right now um especially with a couple of the games that juju's had lately yeah and i don't understand everyone's fascination with deontay johnson i, I really don't for yeah. i i especially for me too i mean i i famously give receivers a pass for dropping balls when I shouldn't. But for some reason with Deontay Johnson, I just can't stomach it, especially coupled with the fact that, like I said, guys get doghoused for 
it's just infractions that would blow your mind when it comes to the level of pettiness. Uh, I I just don't understand why they keep going to him with double digit targets. I I don't get it. Atlanta at Kansas City. Uh, you know, Atlanta had a nice showing in the first half of that game, but I'll tell you this, uh, second half started and I saw two passes out of Brady that went downfield targeting Gronk. And I was like, oh yeah, they're going to win this game and immediately bet them at plus 180, even though they were down 17. It just seemed like, you know, they, they came out in the second half and Tom was doing Tom things. Uh, this is another game where a team with nothing to play for is facing a team that has something to play for. Uh, give me Kansas City. What do you got here? Taking the Chiefs, but the amount of close ball games they're playing in lately has me wondering what to do with that line. I mean, it seems like the Chiefs almost never cover anymore, or is it just me? No, nope, they. I, I mean, they covered. They. Uh, so, how would I say this? Technically, when people go back and look at it against the spread um, results, it is on the closing line which is what most places who record this kind of stuff will look at. So technically the chiefs covered that last game because the game closed two and a half. Um, it was what three and a half to start or three. That's three and a half. So it opened three and a half and it stayed there for like maybe three hours. Then it was three, the fucking whole week, like from, you know, midnight, su- you know, Sunday or going into Monday all the way until probably about half an hour, 45 minutes before that Saints game, it was dead on three. But in that half an hour, 45 minutes, they made it uh, Kansas City minus two and a half. I jumped on that as fast as I could, so ended up getting paid there. And it does, you know, it does give a lesson there of like, if you are disciplined, you can get the best of the number, right? Like, it was obvious that all the money was coming in on New Orleans all week. Um, they didn't want to move it off three because they knew they'd get a boatload of KC money. But, you know, you think that through, they're going to move it at some point to get some KC money to even out their liability. Um, so if you were just patient and waited till the end, you could get KC. Also, if you were looking right at the beginning and you liked the New Orleans side, you could have got three and a half. Anyone who did either of those things got paid. Um, everybody else, it was a push. So there's lots of value in getting the best of the number. I know I'm not getting the best of it here at 10 and a half. Um, no one's going to want to bet the Falcons. I'm going to wait till game time and see where that thing ends up. Um, this just to stay away though. You can't be, you can't count on Atlanta to be motivated with nothing to play for going on the road. Um, it's a real bad spot there. So I'm, I'm not betting that. Uh, not to mention they basically have zero run game. Uh, the Falcons aren't running the ball. And, you know, it sucks because personally I'm a Todd Gurley fan, but just not happening in Atlanta right now with the run game between the blocking and the production out of the backfield. Um, now, a lot of their game scripts have it so that doesn't matter because they're trailing so early that they have to throw so early. I, I mean, I, I just don't see any way they win this game. I think anybody betting anything other than the chief's money line is, you know, really playing with fire here. Yeah. 
Uh, Bears at Jacksonville. I don't have the same feelings about this game. Uh, I, I think Chicago wins this game. I have no reason to think that it's going to be a blowout. Jacksonville's at home. They still allow fans there. And Jacksonville has played better teams than the Bears tight. Um, so I'm going to put a little bit of money on Jacksonville plus seven and a half. I'm going to put a very little amount of money on the Jacksonville money line because um, I think there's values in both those spots. But give me the Bears to win. What do you got here? I'll tell you, as a Jets fan, I'll certainly be rooting for the Jaguars to win. If the Jaguars could just win one of these last two games, I'd be a very happy person. Now, I don't see it coming next week against Indianapolis, so hopefully it's this week against the Bears. But I think we all know they're not going to win. The Bears have been playing much better football than I really thought they were capable of here down the stretch quietly the last two games. I've been very impressed. I think that will continue into here. I would think, I would like to hope that they cover that seven and a half. So yeah, bears here and they cover. Uh, Bengals at Texans. Give me the Texans. Bengals already blew their load. Yeah, that's my handicap. I'm like, I might even take the minus nine here. Okay, I'm showing minus eight on SI. Um, okay. But either way, I like the Texans to win and cover it. I, there's not much to like about the Texans, and there's a lot to like uh, suddenly on the Bengals coming off that series loss, but I think uh, things are going to get back to a little more normal. I think the Texans close out strong. Uh, another easy one to go through giants at Baltimore. So listen, the giant, the giants still have something to play for here. Um, I think there's a scenario where halfway uh, through the four o'clock games, we realize that both the giants and Washington aren't favorites, you know, anymore to, uh, uh, to get that with that said, um, I'm taking Baltimore here. We talked last week about them being bullies and beating up on bad teams. I think the Giants qualify as a bad team. Pretty sure, did Dan, Daniel Jones went on IR last week, right? Uh, it sounds like he's. it's still up in the air whether he's going to play this week or not. I, I don't mean, believe he's on IR, but okay. uh, it sounds like he's still got a, a noticeable limp in his gait anytime he throws. Yeah, so, I, I mean, clearly not 100%. Yeah, so in that but, case, no chance. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. And with what Colt McCoy showed last week, uh, they're really in a rough spot at Corbett. Yeah, they looked very bad against the Cleveland defense that looked better than they should have there. I, I don't think there's that much talent on the Cleveland defense. Um, all right, let's talk about your J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 talk, playing against the aforementioned Cleveland Browns. Uh, the Browns currently favored by nine and a half. Uh, I think you probably jump on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jets yeah. had Jets had their big win and got nothing but criticism for it. I don't see how they come out motivated for this one. And Cleveland still has something to play for. Yeah, and a hell of a running game to boot. Yeah. I'll tell you, if you're playing for a fantasy football championship this week and you've got uh, Nick Chubb, you're absolutely laughing with this game script because you're going to be running him all the way to the bank. Yeah, Browns win, Browns cover. Baker Mayfield, as much as I hate to admit it, is playing some pretty good football of late. As far as the Jets go, very mixed emotions last week. Obviously, I want Trevor Lawrence, but 
I'm glad that they broke that goose egg. I didn't want us associated with the Cleveland Browns and the Detroit Lions for the rest of NFL history as a 4 team. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we got that one, even if it does cost us Lawrence. Uh, this is my upset pick of the week, Carolina at Washington. Um, I have a hard time, unless somebody tell, is going to tell me that Alex Smith is totally healthy, which I don't think is going to happen. Maybe I'm confusing Alex Smith with Daniel Jones. Um, <laughs> you know, Dwayne Haskins is not a good football quarterback. We knew that. Uh, reports are that he took first team practices at snaps on Wednesday. Uh, turns out he's also a fucking idiot going to a strip club after a loss uh, with no mask uh, because strip clubs are known to be the most sanitary place in the country. Usually. Uh, yeah. Like what, what do you say? If Alex Smith was in there, I would have a lot of, of hope for Washington to win. There's a reason I cashed in all my chips on those Washington, New York futures last week. I have made a new bet with those winnings for Dallas to win the NFC East. Um, And that's because I believe any team can beat Washington. If Alex Smith isn't their quarterback, more specifically, any team can beat Dwayne Haskins and Carolina's look good. A lot of the year, I'm a little worried that they're not trying to win. Um, but if we set that aside, uh, give me Carolina over Washington in a 4 p.m. upset. What do you got here? Yeah, I like Washington here, and I like them to cover the minus two as I see it. Uh, I, I really don't have a good reason for it other than the fact that I think Washington stronger in the trenches. I thought their tight end was one of the uh, Pro Bowl snubs in the NFC, Logan Thomas. I thought he deserved some recognition. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of uh, the Washington wideouts. Um, still no final word on uh, Antonio Gibson, a running back, if he's going to play or not. I, I think he's a, a needle mover. Although J.D. McIsaac in relief has looked uh, pretty good. Uh, this is the Ron Rivera Bowl. I'm sure some will be made of that. But yeah, give me Washington here. Uh, I guess my question about uh, Dwayne Haskins is, was it the same strip club that James Harden was recently busted at? Yeah, I wonder, I wonder on the hard in front if that was intentional. Yeah, I mean, he seems to be pulling the Vince Carter Raptors thing, trying to get out of town at all costs. It's pretty yeah. pathetic, really, for a guy with, what, three years left on his contract? Well, and who demanded that the team do certain things, yep. and the team did those things, yep. and it failed, and now he's like, well, I want out then. Yeah, I mean, I, I've called LeBron James a coach killer before, but I, I think it's fair to wonder if James Harden is a, a teammate killer. I mean, all the guys he's asked to be brought in, uh, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, Russell Westbrook must be so happy to be in Washington now. Well, zero, and here's, zero expectations. Here, here's the flip side. What's he ever won? Like, no, that's it. James Harden's Harden got won, no rings. No, he hasn't won diddly squat. Um, and honestly... With the way things are going, I'm almost going to be rooting for him to lose at his next destination. Yeah. Uh, all right, back to football. Broncos at Chargers. Neither team playing for anything. Uh, you would just generally flat out support the home team here. I just Anthony Lynn is so fucking bad. Um, I expect Andrew Locke to get back to 
something of what he was before, but like there was no pick here. I was going to feel good about give me Denver, but it's like a 50.02% pick for me. What do you got? My initial gut feeling was to take Denver, but the more I chewed it over, I'm going with the chargers. Um, again, the caveat being Anthony Lynn doesn't time management time manage them out of this ball game, but really when is Vic Fangio proven to be a, a master of that either? So maybe the head coaching battle is a bit of a wash here. Uh, we've got a Melvin Gordon revenge game alert in full effect. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Austin Eckler back and doing things for the Chargers. And I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of their third, fourth, fifth receivers from a week-to-week basis. Uh, they've got some no-name guys who might be turning into name guys as soon as uh, next season around fantasy draft time. Yeah, um, give me the Chargers. I, at the end of the day, it comes down to the quarterback in this one. Uh, I think one has an ascending quarterback and one team has a quarterback uh, that might not be there at the, at the start of next season, certainly not in the starter's uh, role. So, yeah, I'm going with the Chargers, and I'll say they cover that minus three. If I was the Chargers, I'd say to Josh McDaniels, here's however much money you want for eight years. Get on over here. Nah, no. After what he did with the Colts. Uh, no, I, I know, but he's going he's, he's to get an offer. Like, but uh, Would you rather have the enemy than Daniels, I guess, is the question here. Because you need to get an offensive guy in there for Herbert. Yeah, no, that, that's clear. That's clear. Um, I just – I. I think if McDaniels was going to leave New England, it would have happened by now. I think that wink, wink, nod, nod agreement for him to take over for Bill is legit. And I think that's the plan. I don't think he's going anywhere. And the thing is, is if McDaniels, hopefully he's aware of this, but if he goes this offseason and fails again like he did in Denver, he might not have the Patriots job to come back to. Whereas yeah. if he just sits put, his financial future, his family are taken care of. That's the smart play. Now, he's a knucklehead, so I expect him to, to do the knucklehead route and probably go chasing a job this offseason. The Spanos family is too cheap to pay the kind of money he's looking for, though. I That's probably anticip- true. Yeah. yeah, I don't anticipate that happening. You almost have to wonder if they'll be best served uh, maybe going after a guy in the college ranks. Yeah, or maybe just make Eric uh, the enemy a deal he can't possibly afford to refuse. I think that would be the responsible thing to do. I, I think the enemy deserves to be the first person hired. I think there's no doubt about that. I just assume he'd get a better job. Yeah, maybe he will. Well, you know, like you know, I, I, and we we've already talked about the Jags. Uh, assuming the Jags do get the number one pick and get the rights to take Trevor Lawrence, they've got a good little chest of draft capital. They've got a ton of cap space. So really, I mean, that is quickly, quickly turning into the premier destination for any potential coach getting, you know, a higher up, like maybe a Robert Sala in San Francisco or, a, you know, a guy making the leap from college. Yeah, it, it, it depends on how much you love Lawrence. And, and I'm not, I, this isn't me shit talking Lawrence. What I'm saying is like, you know, that Houston job is going to be attractive, you know, yeah. with, with Deshaun Watson there. Yeah. Um, 
the Detroit jobs already got an offense. All you really need to do is institute a defense. So I don't think that's a good fit for an offensive coach personally. Although there's some that would say like the best thing you could do in that spot is just get a team that can score 50 points and who cares what your defense does. Yeah. Um, I think we're past the point where we can assume the bears are going to be moving on. Uh, so that job is not as attractive for sure, especially since you don't have any of that draft capital or anything like that. Sorry, did you say we can assume that they will be or that they won't? Won't, be? won't, will yeah, not. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think Nagy's back next year. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really think that the work Nagy did in Kansas City with Mahomes is going to buy him maybe even another two more seasons in Chicago. Because, yeah. see, he's going to get to play that quarterback card for a while, right? Uh, he's going to be able to go to management, go to the front office, go to ownership and say, hey, one." I get to actually draft a guy, right? Yeah, I know, I know. Well, but I mean, you'd have to make that decision coming out of this year, I would think. Yeah, and it will be. The The Bears will be chasing a first-round quarterback, I firmly believe. Yeah. All right, we've got the Dallas Cowboys visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts, you know, we've got idiot Peterson out there saying he'll, you know, he'll name a starter at some yeah. point. Like, like who, honestly, who are you fooling at this point? Or who do you think you're insane. fooling is the better question. Yeah. I mean, there's gamesmanship and then there's just delusion. Yeah. Peterson should maybe lose his job too. Um, and I think this might be the game that seals that. I, listen, Jalen Hurts has looked good slash okay in his two starts. And, I don't think we can value starts against Arizona because they're not exactly a defensive team. Um, And he did what he needed to do to win that game against New Orleans. I I just, I'm feeling Dallas right now. I, I can't, I'm not like standing for fucking Andy Dalton, but like the... Tony Pollard shows looking really good. Those three wide receivers Mm. look really good. Um, I, I don't know the status of Van Der Esch and that makes me a little nervous, but ultimately this is an NFC East game. Anything can happen and no story would be more NFL than the Cowboys being completely written off and coming back to win this division. Um, and that's kind of how I see this going right now. Give me the Cowboys to win the game. Who do you got? Taking the Eagles. I think the Eagles uh, still stout defensive line is going to absolutely dominate Cowboys at the point of attack. It's sounding like Zeke will be back this week, although I'm not sure it does his team any favors. I was going to say that might be a downgrade. No, I I, I think to anybody who has any sense to them and has seen Tony Pollard play last week versus what we've seen out of Zeke all season long, I I think the answer is clear that Tony Pollard is the best. He might not be the best back, period, but he's the best back for this offense in these situations, that's for sure. Um, So, yeah, this is a rare spot where the Cowboys are going to get, quote-unquote, a star player back, but are going to be worse for it. I think the Eagles win, and I'm seeing on Sports Interaction, the line's only minus one and a half, so I surely think they cover that one and a half. But yeah, I think it's going to be all about the trenches here. I think it's going to be Eagles D-line equals greater than the Dallas Cowboys O-line. And that's going to be enough. Hertz, Hertz will do just enough. I, I think a lot of the wow factor with Hertz is really speaks to just how bad Carson Wentz was. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, people are talking about Jalen Hurts like he's the second coming of Patrick Mahomes, and he's he's not. He's playing good, but good is the word I would use. There's probably at least ten other quarterbacks I'd rather have than Hurts still, um, and one of those might even be Andy Dalton. So that's oof, I can't believe I said that out loud, but yikes. Uh, Rams at Seahawks, arguably game of the week. Um, yeah, I would say so. With that said, the Seahawks defense uh, has sputtered at points, and the Seahawks offense has sputtered at points. Um, I like the Rams here. I'm surprised to hear your pick. Give me the case for the Seahawks. I just think they're – I think at the end of the day, they're the better team. Uh, maybe not – Maybe their depth chart at every position isn't as consistent and isn't as impressive and isn't as deep as a lot of places on the Rams go. I, I still think the Rams are a great team, even though they lost to the Jets. I don't think we should judge them on that game. I still think they're going to be a power team headed forward. I just, I, I like the Seahawks a lot. I, I think they're going to use some smelling salts and, and snap out of it and get back to getting DK Metcalf the ball. I just think they're going to make enough plays on both sides of the ball to win this game. I, I, I like Pete Carroll coming out with the advantage here. Now, this is going to be a motivated Rams team, obviously, right? I, I mean, Sean McVay said they were sick to their stomach after that Jets performance, and as they should be. Uh, if you're if you're the Seahawks, you do not – I mean, that game last week was the worst thing for for you this week. You don't want the Rams coming in this motivated. But yeah, I'm going to go out and say the Seahawks win and cover the one and a half. Uh, the only thing I'll say about the line is that I think that plus one and a half is a bigger plus one and a half than it is in most games for whatever that's worth. Like if you told me that 35% of the time, this game is going to be settled by one point in either direction. I'd say like, yeah, that sounds about right. You know? Um, yeah. It, it it's going to be really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of this game. I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, and, and I'm excited to have uh, at least two really good afternoon games. Like I know Eagles Dallas isn't like a really good game, but it has very heavy playoff implications, especially yeah. if both of those other teams lose in that one o'clock slot. Um, so I'm pumped for all that. I, I certainly think positionally the matchup of the week is DK Metcalf against uh, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Last oh, time. Yeah. Early- Earlier in the season when they met, uh, really, no matter how you look at it, Jalen Ramsey's been the one player that's actually been able to shut DK down this year. Yeah. And after that game, DK said he had this matchup, this game we're talking, circled on the calendar as kind of a revenge get-back spot. So I'm looking, Metcalf, I'm looking for Metcalf to do some special things. Now, unfortunately, with a wide receiver, that's predicated upon the notion that they're going to throw him enough balls to give him a chance to. Yeah. So I'll tell you, man, if you look at Metcalf's yardage compared to the rest of the top five guys, he shares those that, that yardage bracket with, and then you scroll over to targets and receptions. I mean, it's disgusting. Uh, Stefan Diggs, yeah, he does have a couple more yards than Metcalf right now, but he's got almost double the targets and a third more receptions. I mean, almost double the receptions. So, 
you know, anybody who's souring a Metcalf down the stretch here is doing it for the wrong reasons. It was an absolute big play threat. Arguably the best in the league right now. Yep. And, I, and I do want to say quickly on the NFC side of the Pro Bowl, uh, there were some notable omissions. I thought Calvin Ridley had a case, but for the most part, I think they got the receivers in the NFC about as spot on as they can. Uh, Tennessee at Green Bay. I believe in Mike Vrabel. I don't know that I believe that he will beat Green Bay 50.1% of the time, though. So I am in this taking Green Bay. When I am betting it, I'm taking those three points. Um, I'm not taking it yet because I think that it might actually go to three and a half by game time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Four wouldn't shock me. Yeah, and I'd much rather get that number. Um, but I, I, I believe in Mike Vrabel. I, I think this game's going to be more competitive than people think. I made the bet on air last week to get Tennessee uh, at twelve to one to win the AFC. You know, and then I was listening to a show, Susan McAfee earlier in the week, and they were talking about like, okay, well, what you know, what kind of team is it that's going to be able to beat? Uh, the Chiefs and they're like well it's gonna have to be someone who can run the ball and play like good defense I'm like okay well hopefully no one else figures out what team fits that mold Um, listen if they if they can get a couple stops the thing that's happened with the Packers is that they've completely taken away your ability to run the ball because they're scoring on their first three drives in every fucking game um, and then you're just you're playing catch up the rest of the time. If a team comes out and gets a couple stops in those early uh, series and can actually play a normal game where you're running the ball and it's close and it's tight and who knows what happens, um, yeah, I have I have concerns. So um, I think the Titans are super live here, but Green Bay is the favorite for a reason. What do you got? I have concerns about the Titans' defensive secondary, in particular the cornerback position. I'm not sure they've got the bodies to be able to hang with these Packers studs at wide out. That's what concerns me the most. I think that's the biggest mismatch when I look at this on paper. I have the Packers winning. I have the Packers covering. Yeah, I I just think they're a more well-rounded, complete team. I think they can run the ball. I I think they do everything well, really. I I think the Titans are going to need a repeat performance out of Ryan Tannehill compared to what he did last week to have a, a shot in this ball game. Like you said, if the Packers are up so big that it kind of neutralizes Derrick Henry, what's the best way to beat Pat Mahomes? Keep him on the sideline. What's the best way to, best way to beat Derrick Henry? Get up big on the Titans early and then they're forced to change the game script. I think that's exactly what we might be in store for here. So, so yeah, I'm Packers cover. Okay. Uh, last game of the week, Bills at Patriots. Monday night, last Monday, nighter of the year. Um, Patriots are done. Give me the Bills. Open four and a half, moved all the way to seven. Wow. That's a lot of movement. Yeah. What do you make of that? I, I, I think the Patriots have been buoyed for most of the year by people betting on Belichick, basically. Yeah. That betting on, betting on the logo or betting on Belichick. In that, field. Well, and, and, the books probably came into this game thinking like, okay, well, we're going to get some of that action again. These guys that are like, yeah, give me the pats here. Um, I, 
but it's just not there is the problem, right? Like they're like, oh, we're going to get some Patriots action. It's like, no, people have figured out that the Patriots are done. Cam Newton isn't a quarterback. Like that's a running back back there. Um, The balls he's throwing are atrocious. Uh, It's, It's not even that though. It's the amount of balls they're allowing him to throw. I think that's the bigger red flag. I mean, I, I'd go ahead and say chicken in the egg, right? Because, like, when he does throw the ball, it looks so fucking terrible. How can you ask for him to throw more balls, right? Um, but, it, like, even as a running back, he's not, like, doing that great a job. So, um, it's too bad. I think he's done. I, I, I'm assuming the Bills are just going to uh, go into the draft and see what they can end up with here. Um, but yeah, the, the the Pats are done and they'll move on with their lives here. Where are you at here? Yeah, Bills win, Bills cover. I, I honestly, if I had to submit a, an MVP vote right now, it would be for Josh Allen. I think when you factor in his eight rushing touchdowns, uh, I, I think it just puts him over over on everyone else, including Mahomes right now, I really do. But I I guess the question there is if you put in who's the backup in Kansas City right now, Henny or Matt Moore, one of the two, if you put them in and then you put in what Matt Barkley for Buffalo, where's the bigger drop-off? Who's more important to their team? Mm. I almost have to say it's Josh Allen right now, just with the amount of weapons that the Chiefs have on offense. You almost have to believe that the majority of the backups in the league could come in and maybe win a ball game with those guys. Not so much in Buffalo, I think. But yeah. as far as this game goes, yeah. I mean, the Bills win. And as far as New England goes, yeah, it's back to the drawing board. A quarterback come April's draft. Uh, as far as Cam Newton goes, maybe he's in Chicago as a bridge next year, somewhere like that. I'm just not sure how many places he's going to have to go and start. So maybe... As soon as week one of next year, he settles into uh, five, six, seven years as a quote-unquote premier backup. Yeah. Oof. Um, how are we doing on time here? All right, we got lots of time. Uh, this, get, like I said at the opening, this was not going to be a week that took a lot of time. There's way too many matchups of teams with something to play for versus teams that don't. Seems like a fairly chalk weekend. Yeah. Um, anything you want to talk about before we go then? Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's talk some Pro Bowl snubs quick. Um, a lot of people outraged that James Robinson of the Jags, currently third in the league in rushing behind studs such as Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb, didn't make the Pro Bowl in the AFC. I mean, I, I, I do see what they're, uh, what they're saying there, I just, I don't know, man. I think for the for the most part, the skill positions were right when it comes to the AFC and the NFC. I thought there was a lot of legacy votes on the O-line, especially in the AFC. Um, but for the most part, I was all right with it. Uh, I, I think they got the wrong corner uh, as far as Patriots corners go. Uh, Stephon Gilmore got elected the Pro Bowl, but really J.C. Jackson uh, number two in the league in picks. I thought he was the more deserving player. I think Pat's fans will probably argue that, oh, well, 
J.C. Jackson has all these picks because they're staying away from Gilmore. I'm not buying that whatsoever. At the end of the day, it's J.C. Jackson putting his hand on the ball, making the play. I think he should be the one rewarded. Uh, Robert Tanyan, uh, NFC tight end. I thought the NFC got the tight ends completely wrong. I thought it should have been Robert Tanyan in Green Bay, Logan Thomas in Washington. I don't know how Hawkinson got voted in. Uh, that one's a bit of a head-scratcher for me. Uh, another one I wanted to mention quick to force Buckner of the Colts. I thought that was a snub there. I thought he should have got in over Frank Clark. Um, but yeah, uh, going to be played on EA sports madness here. Of course, they're not playing the game in person. So there's always that, uh, about a quick Georgetown men's basketball take. Uh, they recruited their first five-star recruit since 2014 yesterday, uh, securing Aminu Muhammad. Uh, I am a Hoyas basketball fan. So that was big news in my circle. Um, did you have anything to say about Greg Hardy's loss? Uh, enjoyable to watch. Yep. Uh, I, you know, I, like a fucking goof, bet the other guy in a decision. So I specifically, I, I, I bet the other guy, and then I'm like, eh, if he wins, it's probably going to be a decision. And no, turns out no. Um, so that was a little too cute on my part. Uh, and, and the joke I've been making on Twitter that is like, I, I, I get maybe a little inhumane, but I will stand by it. I think if you've hit women, you shouldn't be entitled to ref stoppages. It's just, you're down there getting pummeled. All right. Well, the, the pummeling will continue until you quit. The ref will not come in for you. You will either be unconscious or you will, uh, beg someone to stop, which I assume the woman at your hands had to do as well. So that's uh, my thought on Greg Hardy getting beat. It made me feel good. And I honestly, you got to start wondering, like, if they're trying to cut costs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why? Like, why keep Hardy on? He's ob- any Anytime he's sniffed anybody that's like a legitimate contender, um, he gets fucked up. And his power is insane but he's, he's not going to be a champion. He's not going to be a top 10 fighter. Anyone with half a chin and half a brain can deal with him. So if you're cutting fighters, I would rather have some of these guys with upside who look like they could turn into something than a guy like Greg Hardy, who's just a trash human being on my roster. I think dana does still see some upside there i think they're still gonna give him the oh well he's still new to the game excuse yeah i think enough people stop what they're doing to watch him when he fights i think it's still newsworthy when he does fight he is a heavyweight he does tick that power box i think for all those reasons he'll stick around yeah, but if he if he loses a couple more of these to the higher ups, then it, I think it's going to become apparent to uh, Dana White. The one thing I did want to say quick though is that fight. Uh, remember a couple fights ago when he used his asthma inhaler um, mid round and right. was disqualified as a result. Yeah, I don't know if you saw him after that Tybura stoppage, but even right up into the point where, um. I think it was uh, Herb Dean was roughing that fight right up to the point where he raised Tybura's hand in victory. If you saw Greg Hardy, he was still in distress 
mm-hmm. uh, cardiovascularly. Uh, I think that asthma is major issues for him going forward. Um, he was, I mean, this was because they go to commercial break before they come back and 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 do that whole uh, Bruce on the Buffer fight nights. But yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. right. Hardy was still in distress. He was still not there. He was still struggling to breathe. I think that asthma is much more of a factor than the UFC, than his corner, than his camp, than everyone involved with Greg Hardy is willing to admit. Um, Just the body language there, I I thought spoke volumes. And if that's going to be the case, uh, I'm not sure how he beats anyone of, of real significance, especially anyone who can weaponize pace, as we know some guys can. And just quickly on the James Robin front, uh, just to finish the thought, I'm going to read you the three running backs that made the Pro Bowl in the AFC. You tell me who we should leave out for James Robinson. Derrick Henry, okay, enough said there. Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs. So where are you fitting James Robinson in there, right? Yeah, someone's going to make the Jacobs argument, but it's like, well, Jacobs is actually in a fucking pass-first offense still. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and he missed time with injury, right? Yeah. Um, James Robinson has been one of the better s- stories of this season, and I get that he's third in rushing, but I really do think the AFC got their running backs right. And as far as the NFC goes, people are going to make a big stink uh, about some admissions there. Uh Ronald Jones may be one of them, but at the end of the day, Alvin Kamara needs to be there, even if he's not treated like a traditional running back. He's still a Pro Bowl running back in the NFC as far as that goes. So I just had to get that off my chest. Um, Yeah. Shout out to Braden Mann, the uh, Jets punter. I don't know if you saw that moment late in that Rams game, but if it wasn't for the Jets rookie punter making a tackle on the Rams punt returner, they lose that game and still likely get Trevor Lawrence. So if any Jets fan wants to blame anyone for not getting Trevor Lawrence, it's really Braden Mann, the uh, six-round rookie out of Texas A&M, the rookie punter. Hell of a play, hell of a tackle, but when you factor it into – NFL history a couple years from now, really one to look back on it. Uh, came out while we were recording. Houston Rockets OKC has been postponed tonight. So uh, the first COVID postponement for uh, the NBA, as on someone noted night. on Reddit, it's going to be a long fucking season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the second night of the season, we're already doing that now, right? Yeah. Um, I'm sure some folks are going to blame Harden. It sounds like there was another player who uh, was also having an issue, but um, yeah, not good for the NBA. I mean, this is literally why they had a bubble, right? Like, what are you doing out there doing this shit? Like, you got bubbles. Well, you 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 knew you needed the bubble last time. There was no need to do this. Yeah, I will forever be confused, but it's fine. Um, it, it, it all I can really say at this point, uh, we've got some uh, got some time here. Not a lot of games. There's some college football games that might yeah. be interesting, but I don't. You know, I, actually, what do you think about Notre Dame getting in there? I mean, probably has more to do with money than anything. The yeah. more I think about it. Uh, yeah. cause I, I think it's clear that 
they can't beat Clemson with Trevor Lawrence there. You know, they beat them when he was on the COVID list. Uh, when he was back for the second matchup, wasn't close. Yeah, I don't. I don't see them beating any of the other teams. So I, I think it's an Alabama is a nineteen and a half point favorite from yeah. what I saw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's uh, inevitable that it's going to be Alabama Clemson for the national title. Yeah, it's hard. College football is rough, Again. man. I mean, the season that BYU had. BYU really had a hell of a season, and from the jump, they basically had zero chance of ending up in the Final Four. There's something wrong with that. Yeah. There, there's folks that will blame, um, uh, you know, there's, there's folks that will blame the schedule and COVID and be like, hey, you only got to play six games, eight games, whatever it is. Um, if anything, I thought Ohio State shouldn't have got to play. I'm like, you know, you, di- you didn't actually run a full schedule there, guys. Um, keeping in mind that I think it's insane that any of these colleges are playing, but I've talked enough about that on this show. Um, you know, you got teams like Cincinnati out there who, you know, there, there's more than a few teams who had like undefeated seasons but never got the chance to play a good team. Yeah. And folks will be like, well, it was COVID, so they didn't get – it's like, no, this happens in regular seasons too. Yeah. That almost every year there's a team that went undefeated that never got to play a real team. And we hold that against them. And you got to sort something out where, you know, if you're going to say these guys, you know, are division one, then every division one school should have to play a real fucking team every year so that everybody's, if you're undefeated, you should be in that goddamn tournament, you know, or what I, what I would even take, and they don't want to expand the college football playoff, but, you know, maybe what you do is you say, all right, we've got, you know, five division one, but not, you know, SEC schools that uh, are undefeated still. So we're going to have a tournament for this fourth slot and you guys all, you know, we think you're ranked this way and you guys all play each other and we'll sort it out that way. Um. Yeah, it's so it's so disappointing. I I wish smaller schools got an opportunity as well, but oh well. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we go? Uh, no, I mean you hit it right on the nail there with college. It's pretty rough when a school does exactly what they've been asked to do, and it's yeah. still not enough. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, with that, Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, we will presumably smart. We haven't talked about this, but we'll still record next week, right? 30th yeah, is a good day. Yeah. Um, so Merry Christmas, everyone. We will talk to you again next week. Enjoy week 16 of the National Football League.